Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you so much, as you do each and every single Monday through Friday. You know, guys, I kid around a lot with you and sometimes you know we throw some stick in there and you know we have the stick out there and you know we play around for three hours we have a good time here but when I hear coaches out now bullface lying to people and absolutely just trying to throw out a narrative that's not true to fans it absolutely aggravates me. So today, Jonathan Gannon at his press conference was saying, and I'm paraphrasing this, that conditioning and lack of reps in the postseason weren't a factor. In my opinion, Jonathan Gannon, once again, his next job, job should be at a library, at the Independence Library. That's what his next job should be. Not as a defensive coordinator or a head coach somewhere. And here's why. This guy's the guy that likes to jam a square peg into a round hole and tell you, play my system or you're not playing any system. And that's why that that team looked out of sorts. Fact is, too, by the way, that's not just an eagle issue that that team was out of shape against Detroit, okay? That's it across the board. I get it. But you got to have players on that team that aren't just punching time clocks. You're going to have guys that want to go out there and have an effort and a great effort and put good tape together. This is going to be mostly about the defensive coordinator and the players not giving effort and the players not going over and above to be a champion. You know the difference between the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles and the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles? The 17 team wanted it. They wanted it. This team, they think they're going to show up and beat teams. You're not good enough. You are not good enough to do that. Gannon's assets are in his front four, his front seven. Not his linebackers. It's one of the biggest mistakes rookie, rookie defensive coordinators make. They have a system. And they have a mentality. Keep everything underneath. Let the linebackers roam. And let the defensive tackles control the line of scrimmage. Jonathan Gannon's idea of controlling the line of scrimmage is different than mine. You know what mine is? Penetration. Backfield. Tackles for losses. Get back there. Create a new line of scrimmage. Hardgrave and Fletcher Cox are not bought in. They've not bought into it. Their effort and their play shows it. It's about as inconsistent a defensive line play that I've seen in Philadelphia maybe for 20 years. The defensive coordinator has players on that team that aren't all bought in. And then you put on top of that five new starters. 
communication issues. You saw it on both lines against Detroit. Then you had the audacity to come out at a press conference and say, it's on the players again. So are you saying if it's not lack of, get this, because you know why? Getting your players in shape and having your players play reps is a coaching thing. So what is it, Jonathan Gannon? Here's another example of the coach now going after his players again and saying it's them and it's effort, not him. Same shit he did a year ago. I told you he wouldn't change his stripes. He's going to blame players every chance he gets. God, do I hate that guy. I hate that type of guy. Bro, you're in this together, man. You're rowing in the same direction. You guys are in this all. It's you against the world. That guy, I mean, where was Hassan Reddick? Hassan Reddick looks like his head is on a swivel. By the way, I brought this up to you before. Three teams in three years. Why is that? He's a situational pass rusher. And people don't, don't want to hear that. He's a situational pass rusher. I'm going to get to him in a minute. I got a list. Gannon is a huge problem for the Eagles. By the way, I'm going to bury the lead here with you. The way that that team looked against Detroit, Minnesota will put a 40 spot on them. Dalvin Cook will go for 120 yards rushing. God forbid. If that guy goes for 120, Justin Jefferson will have 200 yards and three touchdowns against that defense that is so-called a star defense. That's what everybody's been telling me. Fletcher Cox, let's start here. Fletcher Cox does not deserve to be in the starting lineup, let alone a Philadelphia Eagle right now. Out of gas. You know what you're going to get with Fletcher? Six shitty games, one game where he flashes. Everyone's going to call the show, tune into the show, and go, see, Sills, I told you. Not $14 million, man. You got to be a game changer and a game wrecker every week, 14-4. You got to be a guy that goes in and wreaks havoc. This guy's collecting a paycheck. Not his fault. The general manager brought him back. Hey, Howie, F. F. Milton Williams can give you the same effort that Fletcher Cox is giving you over the last year in a game. He could do the same thing. At 70% 70 less the price. Create more cap space for you. You have more money to go in the open market and get somebody. Like, you should have went after that kid in Chicago that the Bucs got. That's the guy you needed to go in the offseason and get. Could have got him at a pretty good rate, too. Hey, it's not a... It's not a slam. Fletcher's had a great career, and I don't need to quantify Fletcher Cox's career as an Eagle. You all know it. It's time. It's time. This guy was getting blown off the ball. He's not in shape. He's not bought into Gannon's system, 
and you see his effort. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to play like Aaron Donald. I don't blame him. I hate that system. It's time. It's time to pull the ripcord on Fletcher Cox. It's over with. But then here you have a problem. Hey, fat guy. I'm going to start calling you Jelly. If you don't get your ass in shape. Dude, you are not on scholarship any longer at Georgia. This is National Football League. You were drafted in the first round for a reason. Your athleticism, your talent, your production has never, ever in your career equaled it, including at Georgia. It's time. Either you're going to be, like I said yesterday, a great player or an average player. You're so gifted, you'll have a long career. But will you ever be considered one of the elites? Not with a White Castle mentality. You got to figure it out, kid. Do you want to be a star or not? Do you want to be Fletcher Cox 2.0? Because that's what they need out of the kid. Isn't this the worst thing you could say about a player? Boy, I'll tell you what, when he plays 10 plays, you line him up, man. He's a factor. Next five plays, he's fat, he's out of shape. Plays high, gets knocked off the ball. Man, that's a crime. Don't let that be you, man. Don't let that be you. Terrible. Terrible. Get this. Not being in shape takes no ability. It takes no talent. The only thing it takes is will. It's will. God. Take it from somebody who failed. Have the will, kid. Have the will. Man. Jordan Davis is this close to greatness. Don't let it go through your fingertips, kid. Don't let it. It will haunt you. Don't. Man. So gifted. Hassan Reddick. Dude. I get it. I know the problem. I told you this, guys. And um, look, I think he's talented. He's one-dimensional. Covering backs and tight ends. Who in their right mind would have that guy playing the run? Covering backs and tight ends. He's terrible at it. He's a situational pass rusher. Use him like that. That's who he is. Everyone, and I know the coaches, and including Gannon. Gannon thinks thinks he's smarter than he is. I'll probably make a great head coach. (laughs) I mean it. He's a great bullshit artist. And he knows how to talk to the media. Conditioning wasn't a factor. Who are you lying to? Anybody that ever played the game or watched the game saw that you didn't know game tempo and your team was out of shape. Are you trying to tell me the players didn't want to show up and hit anybody? Man, what a horrible, horrible press conference to hear a coach say that. Shut up. 
No respect for you for that. Hassan Reddick, man. Okay? Let's go. You need to play him this way. Third and long. Third and medium. Plain and simple. First and second down, he should not be out there on the field. But you know what? how he did? He put start incentives in his contract. I could tell. Because that's why he starts. He shouldn't start. That guy's a situational pass rusher. At best. At best. Extra running. You mean to tell me that there's not enough veteran leadership on that Philadelphia Eagle team and you don't walk off that field and you don't look at the 53-slash-47-man roster and go like this, we need to be in better condition? You know, if you're in better shape, that makes you have clear mind and better communication on the field. That also plays a factor, and that's why you don't have those fucked-up 10 penalties. Dude, when you're in shape and you're conditioned, that helps your communication and your poise. You know the greatest thing in the world is, is when you're in shape in the fourth quarter and you look across and that guy's got his hands on his hips and that guy's sucking on a gas pipe over there because he's trying to get oxygen. And you've got that guy. You've got that guy. That guy's done. Over. You beat him. But that's the Eagles. Now, remember something here. Some of you are probably going, we won, Sills. Yes, you did. Do you want to be a champion? Or do you like being common? Nine and eight is common. It's like rooting for 500. What about the issues of the teams that also struggle? I don't give a shit about the other teams. This is a supposed Super Bowl contender. Trading deadline comes, I'm moving Fletcher Cox. I'm doing everything I can to get him out of there. He's not productive. And this is a problem with the Eagle fans. And not just the Eagle fans, but a lot of fan bases. You fall in love with the name on the back of the jersey instead of the helmet. I don't care about him. It's about stopping the run and being effective on first down. He's part of the problem. He's part of it. The Lions ran the ball for 181 yards on you. And when Fletcher was in there, 10 yards of carry. When Jordan Davis was in there, 2.9 on first down. I don't know. Sills, it's one game. No, it's been a collection of games dating back to last year. It's time. In every NFL player's career, that ugly day comes. For Brady, people are still waiting. For Todd Gurley, it was early. For Fletcher, it's been a brilliant Philadelphia Eagle career. It's time. It's time. Too many new guys on defense. The communication factor is an issue. Especially in the front four. 
And let me explain something to you like I did to the guys on Sports Take. So you spend all your money in the triangle, your two tackles. You got $34 million lined up in there and a first-round draft choice. You went out and gave $10 million a year to Hassan Reddick. You got 45 to $50 million lined up. And you think your linebackers are your strength of your team? This guy, Jonathan Gannon, thinks his system is more important than the players that he has on his team. That's why he hasn't built a scheme. You see, I'm going to tell you something here. Let me read this here with 85. You see the 2.9 yards with Davis? Start him over. Not going to do that. 85, they got $12.7 million lined up in Hardgrave. And he's the younger dude. Not happening. Not happening. Financially, that's not going to work. How do you explain that to your owner where you got a $13 million guy sitting in the pine behind a guy making nine hundred grand? You're not going to do that. That's a, that's a cap failure. You're not going to play guys making twelve to fourteen million dollars. That's your GM overpaying for two players. Rage goes. I think Fletcher got fourteen million as a retirement. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, great football. Too many new guys. Do you know? The, can I tell you the one fundamental thing that is clearly the problem with Jonathan Gannon? And I'm going to show you something here. It's funny. Xander and I talk prior to the show all the time about, you know, shows around the country and this and that. You know how you build a network? You know how you build a business? You build it around the strengths of your talents that you have on or in your business. You put your, you put your formula together and if you're creative enough as a business person, you have a fundamental mentality of what you want your approach to be. But you build your team and your business around the strengths of your people. And I'm going to give you the greatest bit of advice I ever got from Warren Buffett. Warren, when you invest in businesses, boy, I wonder what kind of gid gidget you go after or gadget or widget you go at. He goes, I never do that. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I invest in people. I was like this. He goes, what I go, what? You, a horse is not going to go to water unless you lead it. I looked at that. He goes, always invest in the jockey, never the horse. It's the jockey that takes the horse around the track. Okay? You could have the most talented horse on the planet. If you don't have the right jockey that knows how to get it home, you'll never cross the finish line. The Eagles had the wrong jockey. It's the same mentality. You got all those new faces, all those new voices in the huddle on defense. You don't think there's going to be a communication issue if you're not practicing? Those organized team practices are horseshit. They did nothing. Oh, but the Eagles are healthy. I could be wrong. They could come out and they could play their ass off against the Vikings. And get this, everything got righted. We'll see. I don't believe that. I think that offense will change and get better.
I do not think that defense is going to get better. Not with the jockey leading it. I do not. you got too many good coaches on the offensive side. Smart thinkers. I don't think you have very many smart people on defense. Dude, this is training wheels. These coaches are so freaking young with so little experience, and you see it. They're being led and guided by the front office on how they prepare for games. And it showed. That was a front office game. That was a front office game if I've ever seen. Not going to practice. Want to be healthy. Let's not play guys in the preseason. That's all Howie, man. No coach in his right mind would send a guy on a football field that was fat and out of shape. Nobody. And by the way, where are these assistant coaches kicking people in the ass going, you need to run more, kid. You need to get better shape. How about this with Jordan Davis? Let me throw this at you. So Jordan Davis, it wouldn't be about getting your head front side. It wouldn't be about engaging in offensive guards and centers. It would be our conversation on, you got to be in better shape. Damn, what a sin. It has nothing to do with athletic ability. Dude, you need to coach these kids harder. Getting some asses. See, but they can't because you know why? They're not in charge. They're not in charge. Sirianni hollers at Hurts on the sidelines. Big deal. Your coaching is Monday through Friday, not Sundays. If I'm coaching players on Sundays, there's a problem. What the hell were you doing Monday through Friday then? Coach Johnson used to do this all the time. Sundays would come. I never heard a peep from him. I heard his ass Monday through Friday, though. You bet your ass on that. Next shift, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. I'm going to get to you guys here. Seals, if you hurt the new kid's feelings, their request to trade, fuck them. Can't we hear that? Screw that. Let's go. National Football League. Want to hear that? Dude, you baby these kids like these guys are preschoolers. I think you're babying these guys more than you do in college. I'll tell you what, man. Best coaches. That guy in Alabama, man, would run that team into the ground. Can you imagine if you change coaching staffs and you put Saban staff in that Philadelphia Eagle building at Novacare? Man, you'd have guys requesting trades all the time because you know why? There's people that got preconceived notions on how they prepare for seasons that that wouldn't, that wouldn't be kosher with that dude. No way. Hey, do you see that coaching job Pete Carroll did last night? Against a young Nathaniel Hackett. You see that? Geno Smith beat Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Geno Smith. You see the way that Seahawks defense played last night? They played like their hair was on fire. 
In Jonathan Gannon's year in a game, have you seen it? Any situation where the Eagles play like their hair's on fire. That's the greatest example I could give you on the mentality of a defensive-minded coach versus a guy who's a librarian. Seahawks are ready to play, man. They were outmanned, out-quarterbacked, everything. Everyone's crowning the Broncos. Gave the dude almost a $300 million deal. They made him look shitty last night. Russell Wilson, hey, I get it. Whole thing at the end. And then you had JV coaching at the end. You take the ball out of Wilson's hand and you put it in a kicker's foot. Really? You spent $300 million so that you could put the game in the hands of a guy who's never kicked a 60-yarder, I think a 61-yarder, whatever it was. You can't be any dumber. Players see this. They know who they're in the room with. Pete Carroll outcoached a rookie coach and made that dude look like this. Hey, man, I told you from day one, this is how I run my team. We run the ball hard. Shit, the kid was shot Penny. Looks like he was reincarnated. It's been a bust since he got this. He got to Seattle from San Diego State. Completely outcoached. Geno Smith beat Russell Wilson. (laughs) I never in my lifetime ever thought I would ever utter that phrase. (laughs) You and then the coach at the end puts the game on the foot of a nobody kicker. (laughs) You can't be any dumber. But coaches are this way all the time because you know why? There's another example of Nathaniel Hackett believing in his system and who he is. You can't be any dumber. Okay? Absolutely, man. (laughs) Awful. Awful. Hackett pulled the Staley. Lose that locker room with that kind of stuff. Problem is Gannon. Problem is Gannon. And then Gannon has the onions to come out in a press conference and go, it's not conditioning. It's not lack of reps. Well, then what is it? Your players didn't show up? You're putting it on the players? Man. You see... Players were going to read that. Fletcher's going to see that. Hardgrave is going to see that. That's clearly turning the blame back on the players and off the coaches. Dude, he's terrible. So when you're up 31-17 and you have a sequence of plays where you have three consecutive three and outs and you saw a moving golf around in the pocket was the way to get to him. What made you get away from that? He he was finding no lanes. There were no passing lanes. You know when the passing lanes came? When Gannon pulled off the gas pedal. Shit, second half was a completely different Jared Goff. Why? Well, D coordinator wasn't bringing pressure anymore. 
I worry about the talent on the D- Eagles D-line. No. They're not being properly used. Dude, if I have a 6'6 guy running, watch this. BF, if I have a 6'6", 348-pound defensive tackle that runs a 4'7", I'm not asking him to two-gap. I'm asking him to line up in the gap and make the biggest presence you can possibly make because you're going to wreak havoc back there when you do that. The worst thing you can have in an offense is penetration and moving the quarterback around. Hey, by the way, you don't bring pressure against Kirk Cousins. He will throw for 400 yards against you. 400 yards. With that group, throw for 400 yards. Move. you. How, how, how do you get the Cousins? Pressure. This guy doesn't believe in pressure. T. Lewis. Absolutely, man. The D coordinator for the Lions brought pressure every play. Even when he started losing some of his star players, he didn't give a shit. That's a mentality. That's a guy who played the position of defense. You see the difference between the D coordinator and Detroit? Wait a minute now. Look how close that game was. And look how look, look how that D coordinator's mentality was because he's a former player. Got to get after people. Got to get after them. I'm telling you like I told the guys earlier and like I told you guys yesterday. Okay? The reason that they win that game is Jalen Hurts, clearly. His running ability, breaking down on third down, they had no answers for it and they couldn't contain him. They just could not stop him. And they're lucky. Hurts can't... Watch this. If they got a quarterback back there that can't move around... That would have been seven sacks. I think the Lions would have handily beat the Eagles. Handily. You were out of shape. You couldn't pass protect. Miles Sanders kept it also going. These aren't observations. Well, they are. But this is what happened in the game. Then I hear excuses. It's like excuse Tuesday. You know, you get in front of the press and you start saying shit and get this. Well, the Philadelphia media, because they want access to the building, are going to go okay. And they're going to step off the gas pedal and say, okay. I heard a guy that was talking to the sports cake guys, who I'm not a fan of, who writes for the Inquirer. I don't think it's a big deal that Devontae Smith didn't get a didn't get a pass catch. Well, I wanted to make a statement in that game, dude. First games, hey, when you get into a fight, don't you want to throw the first punch to set the tone? Or do you just want to get in there and just like spar with the guy? What a dumb mentality. Hey, you got to win. Get out of there. It's okay. Don't move on. He's not going to not. All the great ones have donuts. I don't remember Jerry Rice having donut games. I disagree with that mentality. 
If I step on a football field, especially against a team like the Lions, I want to make a statement, man. I want you to know when we left the game, how about this? Packers know the Vikings. That was a statement game. That was a statement game. And you know what that new head coach is telling those players in Minnesota? You imagine you get out of the gate beating the Packers and the Eagles, two teams that are picked to be Final Four teams potentially in the NFC, and you lay it to them? Bro, they'll be looking at you in a different light. They'll be looking at you in a whole different way. You go into Lincoln Financial and you beat up the Eagles. I'm not saying they are. We'll get more to that towards the end of the week. And again, it's a Monday night game. And I'm not saying that. By the way, I think the dudes in Vegas and Atlantic City have the birds two and a half point favorites. So I'm not saying that. Smith will ask for a trade if Hurts can't get him the ball. I'm not going there right now. We're talking defense here for a second. Dan, I thought Rodgers would be fine. He will be fine. You're not playing against Minnesota every week. Brian goes, anyone bet on the Broncos last night? I bet you everybody did. Geno Smith? I don't think that guy started a ball game since he was with the Jets. Okay? Michael goes, Sills, can you please come coach the Eagles defense? They'd never listen to me. They don't want a guy like me. You got to be a politician today. Me and Seth, not working. Okay? You got to be like a psychologist and a politician to be a coach today. You can't have heart-to-hearts like you can back in the day. You can't have those Buddy Ryan in-your-face conversations because players go and cry to their agents and the agents cry to the organization and then Howie, who all these guys are his, chastises the coach. That's how it works today. How he runs that team, and it showed in Detroit. Okay? Seth would be better than Gannon? Of course he would be. What's that got to do with uh, reality, though? You think they're going to have a guy like Seth Joyner walking into a team meeting going like this? Hey, kid, that fucking sucked. You think that's going to go on? Never in a million years. Never. By the way, where's the Kobe Dean? Did he get any reps in that game on Sunday? Did he play a down? And I'm not talking special teams. Did, did he play? I, 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 I don't remember him in the game. So somebody tell me if he played. What are you doing with him? I thought this guy was one of these budding stars. Looks like he's having a problem picking up the playbook. Where is he? He's a steal of the draft? Three reps. Rage, he had three reps? <laughs> Just three reps. That's the steal of the draft. And if you can't get playing time against the Lions... You think they're going to put him into a complex offensive set like the Vikings? Shows you multiple formations? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Guys getting blown off the ball? That's why. You know why they didn't put him in more? Because the D-line was getting knocked off the ball. 
And he's not physical enough and big enough to take on them guys. That's why he got three reps. Son, you need some rocks in your pocket. Three reps. Shit. Come on, kid. Steal of the draft. Steal of the draft is chewing on ice on the sidelines. Is not what I call a steal of the draft. One game, Dan. It's the Lions. I think Kaiser, dude, Kaiser White can play. Kaiser White can play. Yeah, but Epson White looked good. I thought, Mar- I thought, haven't I been telling you to give Marcus Epps a shot? I like Marcus Epps. I think Marcus Epps, I think he plays hard. He made a bunch of nice hits. I, I, I don't have a problem with him at all back there. Okay, I, I don't, I think CJ played as well as he could with nine days on the job. Okay. Carl goes, it's a good damn thing we didn't lose. No, but you lost a little bit in reputation. Eagles won the game against the Lions. I think you lost some face in the locker room with people. And with people around in the NFL community. That's a piss-ass effort, dude. But by, by the way, again, I think Jalen Hurts, you go back. I watched that game again last night. Jalen Hurts is not on the field. There's no question they don't win that game. And like if Gardner Mitch is a quarterback, they're killed. Because the pass rush was getting to him. Lane Johnson is the only guy that graded out well, in my opinion. Rest of them. Jones goes, it's one game, brother. Dude, all I know is this. When I build a house, I start with one brick. Okay? When I start writing a story, I start with one word. When I start anything in my life, I want it to be solid. I don't know about you. Especially in a game like football. I want to start it with a solid performance. You know, you're right, guys. This has always been my problem with the University of Miami. It it has been a problem. You know why? I demand you freaking play your ass off all the time, and you play as hard as you can, and you give max effort at all times, max coaching. Everything has to be great. Some of you don't see things like that. I understand this now. I do. I understand this. That's not how I am, man. Football's ruined me. It has. Because, man, when I stepped on a football field, I did anything that I wanted like that. Man, I wanted to be the greatest, and I wanted to stand out in a crowd. I didn't give a shit it was game one or game 17 or game 12. Didn't matter. I really sometimes didn't even give a shit what the score was. You know, that's probably a problem on me. I I most of the time didn't care what the score was. I wasn't going to give you a bad effort ever. Ever. I was going to play the best of my ability. (laughs) 
Some of you go like this. Sills, you must have been your own worst enemy. Funny. Prior to my show, it's kind of what Xander said. It's true in everything I've done. Football, broadcasting. It's true. Can't lie. Can't lie. I demand you're great. You should demand you're great. Why do it? Then you start pointing fingers. I've got my new power rankings for the NFL. You're going to probably be shocked where I put the Eagles. Okay? And I think you're probably going to get a better sense of where I'm at now with them. Okay? I bet you're going to be shocked. And I'm doing it like a top 20. I'm not going through all those crappy teams that are at the bottom of the NFL. I don't care. I'm going to put my top 20 NFL teams. Okay? I'm going to do a top 20. Okay? We'll do that. Also have a top 10 college football that I put together there too. No, no, no. You guys are wrong. I, I, I've not done that. Dan can't shit on Hertz this week, so he's got a point somewhere else. <laughs> Bro, you have a problem with me. I don't with you. So whatever. It's all good. Okay? I think you're trying to goat me into talking shit on Hertz. There's no reason for it. I've already done that yesterday. I made my point. Driving a nail into the board and through the board, I've made my point. I would say this to you. Dude, Milton Williams could give me more than Fletcher Cox can. I'd start his ass. If, if Jordan Davis is too fat and out of shape, I would start Milton Williams. Fletcher Cox does not belong on the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay? He does not. He does not. Okay? Please hit the like button. We're going to continue. I got my top 20 NFL power rankings. Um, very disappointing effort last night by the Broncos, too. We're going to take a look at week two also. Merrill Reese, the legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, has agreed to come on with me once a week. And we are privileged to have Merrill Reese come on with us once a week. He'll be on with us again on the third hour at 5.30 Eastern time. So we're so looking forward to talking with Merrill Reese and what he saw. Guys, don't forget also our good friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free. If you're hurt or injured on the job, there's only one place for you to go when it comes to representing your family. That is Morgan & Morgan. For over 30 years, they've collected $13.5 billion for their clients, protecting them and guiding them through very tough trials. They're the biggest law firm in the country, 
and nobody represents you better because they are the biggest. With over 800 attorneys and offices in New York, Philadelphia, and in Florida, nobody will represent you the same way Morgan & Morgan will. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. When you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
Welcome back. National Football Show. Please hit the like button. Appreciate everybody stepping in. Merrill Reese will come aboard with us at 530 Eastern Time. Top of the hour. I'll hook you up on how to defend Kirk Cousins and that high-powered offense. Minnesota's going to roll into Lincoln Financial next Monday night. So we'll talk about that. By the way, I want to show you something here as well. The Belichick mystique is over. It's over. It's over. Why is that? Well, every coach goes through his progressions of having great talent around him, getting lucky when it comes to the quarterback position. And if this doesn't show you more about what and how important it is to have a starting quarterback that can move the chains for you and help you out in certain areas when you're not as great on defense or you've got deficiencies in your O-line, running game, wide receivers. When you have that position down, anybody can look like a Hall of Fame coach. Bill Belichick, it's not special anymore in New England. That thing's over with. When I see the New England Patriots, that's not special anymore. They don't have special players. Bill's mystique is no longer going to be enough when you walk into Gillette and think, wow, this is going to be a tough game. Not saying the team's not going to be prepared. All the things that they had done to create that environment when Brady was there. But it was Brady. It's 80% the starting quarterback if you have the right guy in the building. 80%. You don't have that guy in the building. You have no shot of winning. No shot of winning. There is no doubt. If you don't have the right guy or a guy, one of those dudes, Holmes, okay, or Brady or Rodgers or any of them guys, chances are you're not going to win a lot of games. Be around 500 rest of his coaching career. It will not finish special. Mystique's gone. It's totally gone. I know some of you are probably thinking that I'm going to be more critical of the Eagles here when um, I throw you my top 20 teams here in the NFL. You're probably going to be shocked, okay? But I, I still have belief. Here's the Big Seals power rankings for the NFL after week one. 49ers are 20th. Even though I don't like what's going on at the quarterback position, they'll make a move and they'll go back to Garoppolo and they'll go back to the winner that he is. And they'll get rid of this Trey Lance and it'll be painful. That decision when they pull Trey Lance will be one of the hardest decisions John Lynch will make in his general manager's career. Because you know why? He'll have to come to grips that he absolutely effed up three first-round draft choices. That's what that'll come to. Because I don't believe that the 49ers will be patient with Trey Lance and sit him for a couple of years. I do not believe that. Okay? Okay? Number 19. I got the Titans here. I think they're a well-coached team. Um, they got beat by an aggressive coach. And Brian Dable, I thought he was awesome. 
I, I, I tell you something else too. I don't have the Giants ranked high, but I will say this to you. There is no question. One of the most important things happened for the New York Giants, and it was Brian Dable who did this. He reestablished Saquon Barkley as one of the top backs again in the game. It was one of the most important things. If you can't fix Daniel Jones, the other job that Brian Dable had as the new coach of the Giants was to reestablish Saquon Barkley. You have two first-round draft choices in that backfield. And you had to fix one of them. You had to reestablish one of them. He reestablished. I don't know if he fixes Daniel Jones. But what I also loved was this. Walking over to the defense and going, hey, guys, we're going for two. That's coaching at its finest. That's that's Nick Foles walking over to Doug Peterson going, how about the Philly special? Okay. Shit, I love that kind of style of coach. I love that, man. Love that. Okay? Love it. They reestablished. Saquon Barkley. How do you know Barkley's fixed? Well, against a pretty Titans, pretty good Titans team, he did go for 164 on 18 carries. Almost 10 yards a carry. Uh, I, I, I would say that that looked pretty good. And that's a way to get him established again. I don't know. I do have the Broncos. I believe because Russell Wilson will fix this. I'm not sure about Nathaniel Hackett, but I got them 18th. Believe me, people had them in the top five. Look how far that thing has fallen. How about the Browns, man? Kevin Stefanski. Nick Chubb was a stud. Okay, Jacoby Brissett will get better. I got the Browns at 17. I got the Steelers at 16. Mike Tomlin, that dude is a coach. Dude, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for him, okay? He is just a great freaking coach. Man, do I love Mike Tomlin. Number 15, one of the most important wins of the weekend, the Commanders, Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera. Well done. Some go, well, it's the Jags. Easy. It's the Lions. And there were so many more subplots in that. Nobody in Washington or half the locker room probably thinks Carson Wentz sucks. You see what they're saying about him today? Man, he was great. Man, he was awesome. Carson Wentz? Hey, how's that working out in Indianapolis with Matt Ryan? No? You tied the Texans? That's an upgrade? Speaking of the Colts, I like Frank. I got him 14th. I don't know why, but I, I love the running back. Jonathan Taylor, the defense, the O-line. I think they'll right the ship. I got the Raiders at 13. 
Tell you this, man. That kid in Los Angeles. That kid in Los Angeles. And I don't mean Matthew Stafford. That kid in L.A. is the dude. I got the Dolphins 12. How about Tua? Not bad. Found Weddle. Jalen Waddle found Tyreek. Ran the ball well. Defense looked good, too. Dolphins, not bad. Bengals. Got to protect Joe Burrow, man. I thought you made numerous changes in your old line. It sure didn't look it. And now you've got the Cowboys. Better write the ship against that team. I got the Rams at 10. Could be too low, but I got the Rams at 10. I think they got multiple issues, especially at the quarterback position. That guy don't look the same. We'll see. We'll see. If he comes out and he looks the same and he flops around like he did in that game against the Bills, they got problems in Los Angeles. I got the Packers nine. I believe the Packers will right the ship and be better as the season gets going. The Vikings were ready to roll, man. This is probably going to shock you here at eight. I got the Saints there. I don't know what it is about the New Orleans Saints, but I keep going back and looking at their talent. And Xander goes, Sills, how can the Eagles keep fleecing the Saints? I think it's because they're pretty good at all positions. Do you know that Jameis Winston in his last seven starts is six and one? I don't think that's bad. I got the Ravens at seven. Lamar is such a great player. Their defense is better than I thought. I got the Vikings at number six. What a display they put on. They pounded the Packers, and I don't really think that game was close. Now, here are your top five NFL football teams. Big Seals power rankings. I got the Eagles five. I believe that they're still the deepest team in the NFL. I believe that there'll be player accountability. They'll know that that was a shitty effort especially on the defensive side of the ball. And they'll know they're going to have to protect their quarterback better against that Vikings team. That's better than Minnesota with more personnel on it. I believe that they've, they'll write it. And I think the issues that they have in the passing game, as long as Miles Sanders continues to give you 90-plus yards a game, you're going to be in every single ball game because you can do what? Fundamentally run the ball. You got to get better at stopping the run on first and second down now. That's got to improve. Or you'll be losing to those elite teams. Because what happens to teams that allow gaping yards on first down? Play action set up on third and two. Your playbook is open to 75% of the plays when you give up those kind of chunk yards on first down. They've got to win. The Eagles have to start winning for if here. 
if the Eagles can win first down and protect their quarterback better, that game looks completely different in Detroit. Fair? You probably, Smith probably has five catches. Goddard probably has three more. AJ probably has another 38 yards and he's in the same conversation with Justin Jefferson in total yards. 155 is nothing to sneeze at. I'm not saying that. But I, I personally think A.J. Brown should have had more yards. I got the Eagles at five. I'm going to tell you this, man. I got that Charger team before. You got Khalil Mack and Joey Boza pass rushing and Derwin James and C.J. in the secondary. Boy, I'll tell you what. As good as they are on the other side of the ball, the way they throw it with Justin Herbert, don't go to sleep on the fact that, man, I mean, I think Khalil Mack had three sacks. Dude, that's a formidable team. Tom Telesco, the general manager, has put a shit. Lo- I would say this to you. The general manager that had the best offseason was the guy with the Chargers, Tom Telesco. I think he had a better one than, than how he did. You put Khalil Mack on the other side. You bring that CJ kid down from New England. You get back Derwin James and re-sign him to a contract and don't let him bounce. I don't know. You re-sign Mike Williams. It's not about signing guys from other people's yards. It's about re-signing and reinvesting in your own dudes. Ask Howie that. Howie goes into free agent to cover up his F-ups. Tom Telesco reinvests in his own people. That's the key. That's what made the Steelers great all them years. I get the Bucks at three. Brady, you know what? Brady's got a lot of shit going on in his life. I heard the guys talking about, well, you know, I'm thinking about more. Dude, typical quarterbacks crying about shit. Go play. Tom's built up all the assets and equity. He could talk like this, but come on. I mean, I don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. If you didn't want to come back, don't come back. Don't tell me and waffle and turn something into drama that it's dumb. I don't care about your personal life. You got to go win ball games, man. You got to beat the Saints this weekend who have owned you. I got the Chiefs at two. And I'll tell you, man, nine different receivers touched the ball. And Patrick Mahomes, man, five touchdowns. That dude is a player, man. He is, man. Shit. He's like, think I need Tyree Kill? You really think I need Tyree Kill? Try this one out. Beat a pretty good Cardinal team. And I'm going like, wow, this guy, man, what a baller. And the Bills are one. Most complete team in the league. It is going to be a tough tough day when you beat that Bills team. I mean, hey, get this with Josh Allen. Josh Allen could play so bad for two quarters, have turnovers, won't matter. <laughs> Dude, that's a tough guy to play against. But no no lead is safe. All right, I'm going to talk how you have to defend Kirk Cousins. Again, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to will will gain and adapt to it. Will he adapt? Hit the like button. 
Hour two, keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Thank you very much. Jameis Winston, 23 of 34, 269, two touchdowns. What's the most important, significant stat that he had in this game? And I get it. It's against the Falcons. So temperate, right? No turnovers. That's what he has to fight. It's not the 270 or the 300 yards in offense and passing yards and all that. He's got to stay away from the shit play in the games. In Jameis Winston's career, it's not about the spectacular touchdown pass. It's the nightmare turnover in critical situations. 
Plagues Wentz, too. Okay? Plagues Wentz. Dr. K, you are the man, truthful Dan, and pleasure to listen to you, you for us Eagle Boomers. Thank you so much, Dr. K. That's an honor to have you here with us. Thank you. Hey, Rage, I got it, man. I, I, I couldn't believe they were taking them out the way they were back to the woodshed and the Falcons in that first half of that game. I get it. Okay? It's the Falcons, though. And I'm with you. Okay? Did you know, Dan, that he had eye surgery? I did not know that. Um, well, I'll tell you this. I think Carmichael and when Sean Payton was there a year ago, I thought they did a night. Boy, he looks like a different player when it comes to decision-making and tight windows. That's all I'm saying. Reds, what's up, man? Thanks for coming in here. I'll get to you guys here in a minute. I've been kind of going on a on a rant here for a little bit here. But, I, hey, listen, like I said, it's a nice start for Jameis. Got the Bucks this weekend. They've owned the Bucs in the regular season. Owned them. Shit, who was the quarterback that beat them last year? Trevor Simeon? Trevor Simeon beat that Buccaneer team last year. Who made it to the divisional round? I mean, Trevor Simeon? Really? Did you see how they used Tyson Hill, too? As a halfback? About time. They've been moving him around the quarter. He's not a quarterback, man. He's Tebow at best quarterback. Okay. JM goes, Hurts lit up Atlanta last year, so who cares? I'm not talking about – I'm talking about turnovers. Good quarterbacks who turn the ball over, it doesn't matter if you're playing against a good team or a shitty team. They turn the ball over. That's my point. He didn't turn it over. And I quantified it by saying it's the Falcons. Are you not listening? I get it. Most of you don't. Tug of Viola, 23 of 33, 270, a touchdown. I thought they looked, I thought they looked really good on defense, and that goes back to Brian Flores and what he did by reconstructing that defense. Okay? There's a lot of talent in Miami. And like I said to you about the Patriots right now, that Belichick mystique is over with. It's not there any longer. When you play, when you have the Patriots now on your schedule. You know, it's just, they're a good team. Well coached. You'll have to show up. Nothing special though. The Patriots aren't special. That's kind of faded. And it's faded since Brady's left, actually. You know, it's funny, isn't it? You still look at Brady everywhere he goes as, it's like LeBron. He's almost like LeBron James. Brady goes anywhere. They're going to be contenders. Belichick doesn't have that component in that building. They look awful common. I'm going to get to Justin Jefferson and the how you have to defend Kirk Cousins here in a second. To another 69% completion percentage game, that man is nothing else efficient at passing. Correct. Rage. That's why Tua Tagovailoa beat out Jalen Hurts in Alabama. See that 69%? There's no 56% completion percentages on his ledger. He's more accurate, and he's more of a completion percentage guy. He, 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 he knows how to play the position better. Okay? 
He's he's a more fundamentally sound quarterback than Jalen is. Jalen's a one-read guy. Made it very clear yesterday. Not going to overemphasize it today. But he's a one-read guy, and he'll always be. Now, to Jalen's defense, in that effort against Detroit, he had to be. Pass protection was terrible. Outside of Lane Johnson, nobody showed up. It's funny, you know, I made that point a couple months ago with Barrett. You know, everyone keeps telling me that the Eagles have the best O-line in the NFL. Okay. Is that run blocking or is that pass probe or is that both? Because for the first time when they had a pass protect, they didn't do it. And it was against a not very good talented defensive front. The only thing that was different on that defense compared to a year ago was the drafting of Aiden Hutchinson. Nothing really else changed. Brian goes, Tua sees the field better than Hurts. He sits in the pocket more. Remember something, Tug of Viola doesn't want to run. Okay, Jalen does. Jalen can. Tua gets, Tua gets hurt when he does that. Okay, Jalen's built like a running back. Tua's not. <laughs> hey, there's no question that Hurts is more durable. He'll never make the season, though, rushing the ball 239 times if he continues on the current pace that he's on. Never make the year. Never make the year hurts. Never make the year. I've always contended two is a better quarterback, hurts his way, better athlete. That's exactly how and who he is. True. Razor goes, Janley can be a longer read quarterback if he uses his vision to step up in the pocket and keep eyes down the field. Razor, I think what he has to do is actually get deeper drops like Breeze and Russell Wilson do because they're so short. Go back nine steps. Don't use seven. Go nine so you can see more of the field. Those guys had troubles looking over their tall old linemen, so they took deeper drops. To me, that's how I would coach him. And anytime you see guys that are shorter, Kyler Murray does the same thing. He takes deeper drops. You're either going to do this with short quarterbacks. Deeper drops, short sets, and they're quicks. Backs, slots, all that to tight ends and all that such. Okay, you're not going to have a guy take a seven-step drop who's 5'11", and he's going to sit behind that offensive line that averages 6'6", going across the front. That's, you're, you're, you're destined for troubles. That's why he has a problem seeing that. To me, it's because of his drop. I would drop him nine yards. Give him an opportunity to have more passing lanes and more, more vision. The reason he has that problem with the vision, he's too small. And he doesn't give himself an ability to be able to create passing lanes. That's why he takes off the way he does. Again, that's something that can be corrected. That's something that can be. he With better coaching. Brian, that can be taught. Deeper drop, but not with Shane Steichen. It's not their takeoff. Dude, if I'm Devontae Smith and I hear an offensive coordinator saying that, I want to throw my playbook at him. So if I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through my route and I don't feel the play's going to get open, 
take off running? How's that helping his wideouts? Reds goes, did Jalen make a few better throws? He did. I said it again, and I'll say it again. Hurts is not on the field. They don't win. Donald, saw you on Sports Take. Great job. Thank you so much. Seals, who you got, Eagles or Vikings? That I'm not going to tell you right now. Let's get into that. Thank you so much here. Oh, Cole, let me go into this. So you've got a high-powered offense with Dalvin Cook. I always start there. Let me tell you this, too. And I'll get to the other – and let me, let me stay on one side of the ball and not go over, all over the place here with you. When you've got an emotional game, a divisional game like the Vikings played with the Packers, and that's been their nemesis for the last, what, seven years in Green Bay and in Minnesota, has been the fact that Minnesota just can't beat that team. And that team has always been a problem for them when it comes to extending their play in the postseason. Green Bay's always been there, right? Okay. So when you win a game like that, you've got to have fundamental leadership in that building to go like this wow you want to you want a game that matters a game and a half when you play divisional games they're like a game and a half when you beat a team like that so there's going to be a small little you've got to rally yourself here and you got to have short-term memory loss here a little bit on what you just did to the Packers people of all the games that were played over the weekend more people are impressed with what the Minnesota did to Aaron Rodgers and that Packer team than I think any other game. you got to get over that because now you've got a, a Philadelphia Eagle team that underperformed in Detroit, and they're going to want to make it right. Okay? They're going to want to make it right. Oh, the Eagles' effort on Monday night, home crowd, Lincoln Financial, that Lions game, you won't remember it. When they step on the field Monday night, that's what I'm expecting from Philly. And I think that's why they're two and a half point favorites going into that Monday night game. But what you have coming into this, you have a football team now that with a brand new head football coach, there's a new identity in the building now. And what you have is, wow, we just beat the Packers. A team we couldn't get off our back. Got them. Now, this is national statement game. Monday night football. Lights are on. One of the better teams in the NFC and the NFL. At home, on the road. Can you do it again? So now you have these challenges. Minnesota's going to be amped for this game. They're going to be amped as much as the Eagle fans and the Eagles are going to be. Because both of these teams may see each other again in the playoffs. And this is going to be something that you're going to want to have muscle memory on because this is a benchmark game on their schedule. This is a benchmark game that you're going to reflect back on. Remember what we did against the Vikings? Vikings were able to do this. We were able to do this against them. Right? How do you stop a guy like Kirk Cousins? Well, like every other quarterback that can't run, pressure. You've got to bring pressure. You've got to get home 
Your front four's got to show up. And by the way, you just can't sit there and go, well, they can't run the ball. They've got, in my opinion, one of the top three backs in the sport, and Dalvin Cook. That dude can run, man. He's a 1,300, 1,400-yard guy. Don't go to sleep on that guy. The running backs in this game on Monday night are going to be essential to moving the chains and play-action pass for both squads. Can Miles Sanders duplicate what he did? I'm more confident that Dalvin Cook is going to be able to continue to do what he does because he has. Miles, not so much. However, you know what Miles' motivation is? He's in a contract year. This guy's playing for audition. He doesn't give a shit if the Eagles like him or not. 31 other teams, if that guy gets 1,300 yards, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to give him a bag of money, four or $5 million, and he knows that. Hey, when your job's on the line, it's almost like when you're starving and you have no food. You're going to do a lot more things, and you're going to be more aggressive in life to go get fed than if you're sitting back and you're fat. Well, this guy's going to want to get fed, okay? He's going to want to get fed here. You've got to bring pressure. And if it's me, boy, i got to challenge Justin Jefferson. Dude, don't – this is the unbelievably awful matchup against Jonathan Gannon is a guy like Justin Jefferson. Why is that? Hoss, if you play that defense where you give a zone defensive coverage on Justin Jefferson, he'll go for 200 yards on you. You've got to be physical with him. You've got to hit him. You've got to take personal fouls against him. You've got to try to beat this guy up. You've got to hand check with him. You've got to do everything you possibly can within the legal rules and then some because he's going to. He is a physical nightmare. And if you allow five to six yards of space with him off the ball, he will kill you. Won't be close. They'll be completing passes at will. You got to press him. Some go, do we have the talented guys to press him? You know what I do? I line up my best DB. And if that's Darius Slay, I move them on both sides. I don't care wherever he goes. I want him on him. And if he lines up in the slot, I'll put CJ on him because he's like a third DB cornerback. You got to cover this guy, but I think you got to be in his face. You cannot let talented guys get off the line of scrimmage with no challenge getting off the line and letting him run wild in the middle of the field. Not a guy like that. That guy's a thoroughbred. Dude, and Kirk Cousins is good enough to hit him in stride. Cousins is going to find him. And if you got that pathetic defense on the other side, that front four not getting a, not getting a, um, to Kirk Cousins, he'll throw for 500 yards on you. Press him. Pressure. Something Gannon, it's almost like a repellent. Pressure. Right? Pressure. Got to have pressure. Press. All of that is aggressive. Not aggressive. He's going to... Dude, how about this? Let me ask you guys... Let me ask you guys this. So, if you're not aggressive with the Vikings offense, 
How many points do you think they score on the Eagles? How many points do you think they would score on the Philadelphia Eagles? If you don't pressure him and get home and you don't have press coverage on guys like uh, Justin Jefferson and a guy like uh, Thielen. 30 to 38, 40, 50, <laughs> Jeremiah goes 100. Oh, it'll be in the 40s. Paul, Vikings can put 50 on you. I think they can put 50 on you too, man. Dude, and, 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 and that's such a great point, what you just said there, Razor. Dude, the press coverage helps your defensive line too. Reds goes, Kirk kicks our ass. We'll see. I want I I I here. Here's the one thing with Cousins, though, dude. I want to see Kirk Cousins do it in consecutive weeks. Now, if they come out and all of a sudden the Eagles blow them out, you know what? If the Eagles played up to their ability, the Eagles can control that football game. They can control it. Okay. They can. Got to pass protect better. Who, who would have thought that? That problems with the Eagles against the Lions were O-line related. And Miles Sanders was a star of, of the game. Miles Sanders gets a game ball. Miles Sanders got a game ball for me. If I were giving game balls out, Jalen gets one. Um, Miles Sanders gets one. I think Marcus Epps gets one. Kaiser, Kaiser White gets one. Lane gets one. A.J. Brown for sure. Okay, A.J. Brown for sure. Maybe even Goddard. There were, hey, there were guys on that team that really did a great job. If you notice one thing, no, nobody in the D-line I gave one to. Nobody in that D-line. That's for damn sure. Smitty. Yes, Devontae Smith gets a game ball for keeping his composure and not going nuts. Can you imagine if that was a star wide receiver in the NFL who had a mouth the way that they have like Tyree kill? How do you think Tyree kill would have handled that having a goose egg? If he didn't get any catches, how do you think Antonio Brown would have handled that? How do you think Deandre Hopkins would have handled? What do you think? They're just going to be pros. It's okay, man. You know, next week will be my week at high school talk. That shit's high school talk. You know, one week is my week. Next week is his week. <laughs> really? I get paid weekly too, like every other dude. And there's contract incentives in my deal too, guy. Okay? I'm part of the offense. Make sure it happens every week. Not when you think, well, this week's going to be this guy. That week is going to be that guy. Isn't it funny? Every week it's Justin Jefferson. Hey, how, how many people think Justin Jefferson will have a goose egg this year in stats? I saw that guy, Jeff McClain, say that. Not a big deal. How many people think Justin Jefferson will have no catches for no yards this year in any game? <laughs> Do you really believe that? Or Devontae Adams? Do you really believe that? <laughs> D, Cox is done. He's done. I saw a guy on my Twitter page go, I saw an explosion 
with Fletcher Cox, I'm like, explosion? When he was in the game, they were gashing the Eagle D-line. They were gashing him. They knocked him off the ball. What were you? Well, he did have a sack. Did he? He did he? Boy, he must have fell into it. (laughs) Really? Brian, Fletcher Cox has been a spectacular Philadelphia Eagle. His name will be in the upper deck there with the rest of the great players that have played in that franchise's history, and deservedly so. It's over. It's over. And this is a fundamental flaw that Howie Roseman made by bringing him back at 14-4. When they cut him, they should have cut him loose. Why they brought him back makes no sense. Milton Williams could give you the same effort and more. (laughs) It's actually 14-4. And by the way, guys, if it's sounding harsh, I apologize because I have great respect for him and his career. He's put up a spec. How about this? Of all the defensive tackles that I've seen and played against and was in the league and covered Jerome, Reggie was more of an end. Um, hey, Hollis Thomas was good. Uh, Courtney was good. Um, Some of your DTs. And and Fletcher. Fletcher's been right there, man. Truly one of the all-time greats. Clyde was more of a defensive end. Okay? So, pressure cousins, man. And look, I don't mean to be this way when it comes to talking about Fletcher. Okay? Sap is spectacular. Sap was a sack. I'm personally, I think Sap's better than Aaron Donald. And the reason I say that, Sap played the run. And Aaron Donald never played on a defense that was as dominant as that buck D. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Defense, that 0-2 buck defense. And it was because of SAP. It was because of the defensive end they had, too. Um, it was because of uh, Derek Brooks, Monday Barber. Tony Dungy, who was on with us yesterday, was the architect of all that. And I always thought Sapp played really great against the run. Aaron Donald does not play well against the run. Bill showed that. Bills ran right at him. Guy was nowhere to be seen. We get it. Fletcher's on his back nine. It's okay. 
Would you say Cox is top 10 DTs of all time on your Eagle team? Yeah, all time? No, absolutely not. Fletcher's probably in the top 40, 35. Great. Remember something. There's been 103 years of NFL football, and there's only been 29,000 players ever to play the game. So just remember that. We're talking about a small number of men that have played the position. And if you're in the top 50, you're pretty good. But I could probably name you 20 DTs better. John Randall was way better. Bob Lilly was better. Mean Joe Green was one of the best, if not the best, DT. Randy White was special. Um, just some great defensive tackles that have played. Jerome was in the conversation. If he wasn't killed in an untimely way, he would have went on to being a Hall of Fame guy. Cortez Kennedy was special. He got after people. Um, I think Donald is in the conversation too as one of the greatest DTs of all time. Eagles signed another DE. What's that tell you? So the Eagles signed a defensive end. Really? I thought you were loaded at depth there already. That's to replace the guy who gets hurt? Really? Pat Williams? Jerome Brown Sap? Jerome. Vince Wolferk, not really a pass rusher. That's kind of where Jordan Davis is in his career. Dude, Jordan Davis has to do more. And son, you got to be in better shape. You got to be in better shape. Corey Simon was a heck of a ball player. Was a heck of a ball player. So... You know, I, I, I'm waiting. When when will we see N'Kobe Dean? I was told by this organization that N'Kobe Dean would be a factor. When? Can I tell you this? I'm not blaming N'Kobe Dean. How is N'Kobe Dean getting good coaching when he can't coach the front 11? Ask yourself that. You got Jonathan Gannon as your DC. They don't trust Nakobe. That's why he's not playing three reps for a guy that I've been told was the steal of the draft. The steal of the draft got three reps. Well, he's not ready. Why? It's not like you have the 1980s New York Giant defensive linebackers, Carl Banks and Harry and LT. I mean, we're not talking about superstar players here. We're talking about good pros. Gannon and his coaching staff you trust them to put N'Kobe Dean in a good position and give him proper teaching and technique when half that team doesn't even know what the hell they're talking about yet and they're underutilizing certain positions on the team? You trust that guy coaching N'Kobe Dean? Boy, I tell you, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. 
You're trying to tell me, really, that you trust that coaching staff with N'Kobe Dean's progress? I don't get it. Hey, and by the way, so you're not coaching Dean up. Reddick's got his head on a swivel. Your front four and your triangle with your DTs are getting blown off the ball on first down. That's the first game of the season. And you won. Thank God it was the Lions. Like a pre... You know what? Can I tell you this? That was like your preseason game. That was your preseason game. Let me give you guys... Let me, I'm going to give you an examples of how this defense is inside out, okay? I'm going to give you an example of it. You guys remember that great Bears defense that Buddy had, that 46 defense? Even gang green. And I'll go and I'll use the giant 40, uh, 34. Let me show you this. They had Wilbur Marshall, Mike Singletary, Otis Wilson, and Ron Rivera as linebackers on that Buddy Ryan 46. That defense wasn't run through that linebacking core. It was run through McMichael, Dent, Hampton, up front. That front four they had was the key essential to the entire 46 because those linebackers were able to scrape and roam. Dude, the one thing you didn't want to see roaming in the secondary and in space was Wilbur Marshall. Wilbur Marshall doesn't have that space if the DTs are getting knocked off the ball. Buddy knew that. You got a headhunter out there. Buddy's always had headhunters on his defense. And Wilbur Marshall was a headhunter. Wes was a headhunter. Andre was a headhunter. Even in game green. Dude, the linebacking core was very good in Philly. Gang green was run by the front four. Any dominant team that has had a dominant defense, Lords Taylor and the Giants were a one-on-one. Lords Taylor's the greatest football player that's ever stepped on a football field. I've never seen a man who doesn't throw it or catch it or run with it, dominate a football game, and he had to know where he was at all times. He could drop in coverage, get an interception, take it back 75 yards. He could have three sacks in the same game. He could cause fumbles. It was unbelievable to watch. Nobody dominated the game at all aspects like LT did. And Reggie's right there, no diss, but Lawrence Taylor's the greatest player that's ever lived. Three sacks, knock your fucking quarterback out, and take a pick back 75 yards. Guy was freak. And they had three freaky linebackers, Carson and Banks. If you remember, man, I mean, Leonard Marshall was solid, man. Jim Burt was good. They had a really good front four. Bill Neal played in there at times. But that was the greatest 34 defense that ever lived. Most of the defenses in NFL history are not 34s. They're 43s because, as I said on Sports Take, 
When you have four guys dominating five guys, game's over. Game's over. The multiple things you could do with your linebackers and your corners and your free strong safeties is numerous because your guys are getting home. Okay, your guys are getting home. And the Ravens defense, too, I'll throw that in there. Okay, you want to talk Steelers? The Steelers had Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Andy Russell. Two of the three were Hall of Famers, and Russell was a hell of a player himself. That team was not run through that linebacking court with two Hall of Famers on it. That thing was run through Mean Joe Green and L.C. Greenwood and Dwight White and them dudes. Okay? That front four, the reason they called it Steel Curtain, and you had a headhunter and Mel Blunt in the secondary. You ran a, you ran a 43. You ran a 43. That 34 look, if you're going to play 34 in Philly, dude, you need to have the 50 look like Barrett said. Put the guy on him and tilt him like me, Joe Green. You know why the tilt you tilt a guy like Jordan Davis? You tilt a guy like Jordan Davis for this. He has no responsibility except keeping that center from getting up on the backer and penetrating into the secondary. I'm putting Jordan Davis in a win-win situation. Jonathan Gannon is putting Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Hardgrave in a non-attainable winning position. Hold the guy up and pray they don't get knocked off the ball so the linebackers can scrape and make plays. Why are you having the lesser of your group make plays for you when your strength is in your front four? It utterly makes no sense. You spend all that money, draft choices, all the equity you have is on that side of the ball, and you think your linebacking core is better than your front four? That's a guy who does this, who draws plays up at night and goes, I have a great scheme for these guys, but it's inside a system instead of doing this. Well, this is what this guy does great. This is what this guy does great. This is what this guy does great. Why do you think Buddy Ryan is considered one of the greatest coordinators of all time? Okay. He invented the 46 because of the players he had in Chicago. Buddy looked at the chalkboard and goes, what can I do with this? And he painted the Mona Lisa with it. The great coordinators look at it and go, what can I do with this defense in Baltimore? How can I utilize Ed Reed and Ray Lewis to the best of their abilities? Not this. Here's Jonathan Gannon. I have a defensive system, and I'm just going to plug and play. He's a plug and play DC. That's why there's no personality to it. That's why there's no moxie to it. It's plug and play. Put him here, put him here, put him here, put him here. I got to tell you something, though, guys. That's also a product of bringing in too many free agents. It's also a sense of that. 
Dan, who was a better D coordinator, Ryan or Johnson? That's a t- yeah. boy. <laughs> Jim Johnson, man. I I thought Jim Johnson could create more game plans for his talent. Buddy did a lot off that 46. And Buddy recruited to the 46. Jim could create positions for guys like Hugh Douglas. Does that make sense? Buddy, Buddy drafted guys to fit into his system. Whereas Jim Johnson created defenses around the personnel. And I would say Jim Johnson would be a better D coordinator today than Buddy Ryan. Cause you know why salary cap uh, rosters change. Jim's going to come up with a new game plan every year with a new set of guys. That's going to fit the personnel. I think Buddy was kind of set on that 46 a lot. He did change when he got to gang green and they manipulated it and moved it around a little bit. Okay. He did move it around a little bit. But see, Jim, Jim would Jim would look at 11 guys or he would look at 17 guys that he had on defense that he was going to use, and he would craft and put a defense together. Does that make sense? He would put that all – Donnie Shell was spectacular. That whole defense, you could actually almost put every single guy in that steel curtain in the Hall of Fame. They were it, – it's the best defense, in my opinion, of all time. Four titles in six years. Mean Joe Green. I mean, <laughs> Mel Blunt in the secondary. Two Hall of Fame linebackers. And get this. They were all drafted by Chuck Knoll. Chuck Knoll drafted all them dudes. There was one year they drafted like three Hall of Fame players. That guy had an eye for talent. Had an eye for talent. I was watching that game on Sunday and was saying Jim Johnson would have this defense running. Yeah, man. Jim Johnson would have the Eagle defense running like their hair was on fire. Do you see that with that? can, Can I tell you this? You know why you don't really see the Eagle defense running around with their hair on fire? It's because of this. You're lined up and doing this. Man, is it a three technique, a two technique? Does he want my head on the outside shade? Does he want my head on the inside shade? Hey, am I supposed to cover the slot back? What am I doing here? And you got so many guys with their head on a swivel. They look like they're, and that's how you get knocked off the ball. Does he want me to do what now? Shade to what? Three technique? All of a sudden, that guy gets, you're starting to think too much. That guy slips and scoops you and gets up on the linebacker. And you're like this, minus play. Dude, how many scoop and slips did you see those uh, Lions guys getting up onto the second level? A lot of scoop and slips. That means this, scoop, slip, get up into the secondary. That's what Jason Kelsey's great at. Tremendous on scoop and slipping. Scoop away from the nose, slip up to the linebacker, and then you keep going downfield like he does. And when you're a player, like a D lineman, the guy scoops you, shit, that's a minus because your head's not front side. If that's how your coordinator now, some coordinators will let you play on the backside of that guard. As long as you press him down the line of scrimmage and the backer has a free scrape lane, you let that guy run down the lane like that, you're going to get – he won't grade you harshly on that. Still because your head's not front side, but you didn't allow him 
to, to hurt the integrity of the defense. But that you have to let guys have autonomy to do that. You can't be sitting on a guy. You got your head front side and he slipped you. So what? Did he get up on a linebacker? No. Any means necessary to make a play. This guy, Jonathan Gann, is probably coaching these guys that way. And these guys don't want to play. And that's why I said on Sports Take, I don't believe everybody's bought in. They play like they're not committed. Just an observation. Just an observation. I was cringing watching the defense on Sunday like, man, disguise the blitz and attack. But but fitness, to that point, watch this. You, You had great success stopping Jared Goff. Great success. Hey, man, I got to take a time out here. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just rambling here. I got to take a time out here. Don't forget my friends over at Morgan & Morgan, please, where the fee is free. That means this. They don't get paid unless you do. Look, guys, if you've been hurt or injured on a job, please do me a favor and call our dear friends, Morgan & Morgan, and they will be there for you to protect you, whether it's a fender bender or it's a gigantic case. They don't care what the size of the case is. They're there to defend you. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. Call them 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sill sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. 
It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. three coming up we will have the legendary Merrill Reese at 5 30 eastern time we'll get his spin on what he saw with the game I want to say this too Jesus criminy with the national media and the Cowboys their season's over I mean Jerry Jones and the media man it, it just drives you crazy when you sit there and you listen to people talking about the shitty Cowboys people are talking about CeeDee Lamb more than they're talking about A.J. Brown's performance. CeeDee Lamb versus A.J. Brown, it's JV varsity. CeeDee Lamb is nowhere near the talent A.J. Brown is. Not remotely close. And I would even say Miles Sanders and Tony Pollard. Okay. Sanders might be actually the best running back in the NFC East. But they talk about Ezekiel Elliott, who's been out of gas for two years. I mean, honest to God, the offensive line, I mean, get this. I'm talking about the best offensive line not having a good pass protection day, and they still ran the ball for 200 and some odd yards against the Lions. That's dope. Hey, watch this. Hey, the Eagles didn't really have a really good game offensive line-wise, but they ran the ball for 200 yards. What? <laughs> Silly out, really? That pass protection wasn't all that hot. Jalen bailed them out. That's a great conversation to have because that's fixable. The Cowboys are not fixable. There's nothing remotely fixable in Dallas. Nothing. They're not going to have that same turnover ratio they did a year ago. That's the most misguided stat on the planet because a lot of that shit's luck. That turnover ratio thing, some teams just go through good stretches. Here's what you really can always count on. Stopping the run, being effective on keeping the points under 21 points. That's the only two stats, man. Got to stop the run. Can't stop the run, you're beat. Cowboys are shitty, man. I mean, Dax, by the way, how was, let's do this. How was Dak actually playing in that Buck game? 
prior to his injury, good or bad, I went like this. I thought he played shitty. I, I, I didn't, you know, he gets hurt, wrist, hand, whatever it is, had surgery today, went like, and they're going to try to get him back for the Eagle game too. You know that, don't you? Oh my God, I would step on his hand if I had him in the game. Show you the kind of guy I am. I don't mean to like, kind of like pull the curtain back, but if I knew that Dak Prescott just had surgery on his passing hand, I would hit him and I would hit that hand as often as I could. But Sills, this is a football game here, guys. What do you think? You fight with Queensberry rules here? Hey, put your dukes up and let's let's go at it here. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> Would you change your cleat type? No, but I'd step on his hands. Oh, I would. You know how the guys get off the ground? I would step. Dude, do you know the number one thing to aggravate an offensive lineman is? Step on their hands. Oh, they get crazy because they got to hold you. So when a guy's holding you too much, you step on his hands. And he knows it. Ask Barrett. Hey, man, do D linemen step on your hands? <laughs> yeah. Right? People step on them. You start holding me too much, man. You start doing some crazy shit out there. He's a cowboy. It's allowed. <laughs> Dude, man, honest to God. What do you think of taking advantage of Dallas desperation and get a second rounder for Minshew? I'm not helping the Cowboys out with anything. I would keep Gardner Minshew on my football team. I would give Dallas nothing. You get nothing. Nothing. Hey, Dallas's desperation is the Eagles' inspiration. Why would you help them? Here, I'll give you a first rounder for Minshew. Bro, that's about the only thing I would do is if you gave me a first round draft choice. Here's Gardner Minshew. Short of that, we're not, I, I, I would unplug the phone, unplug the phone. I'm not freaking helping you. I'm going to take advantage of you. Hey, and by the way, so you want me to help out Dallas after Dallas embarrassed you last year? Well, I'm about to return the favor. I'm going to put a 50 burger on you. And you know it. And it's coming. I want to embarrass the Cowboys. Helping the Cowboys. Helping the Cowboys. Really? I can't believe I just heard that. Coming from an Eagle fan. <laughs> I ain't helping them guys out in any way. As a matter of fact, the visiting locker room, I'm turning the hot water off. I'm doing everything I can to make that miserable experience even more miserable. Helping them. Cam Newton. Yeah, that won't help. Dallas is in trouble, man. Aging old line. A running back who's a turd. 
quarterback who's out and overpaid. Beautiful. I told you guys all this last year that Cowboys would be in chaos. So we just got a note here that Merrill's in horrible traffic and he's going to try to make it to us. So just keep it there for us. If not, hopefully we can get him tomorrow, but we're still going to try to get him on today. So I love Merrill Reese, man. Merrill's told, hey, hey, isn't it cool, Xander, that he'll come on with us like once a week? Him and G Cobb, man. I mean, hey, watch this. <laughs> hey, watch this. Hey, be okay. I go, Merrill, I'd love to have you on once a week. He goes, all right, let's see if we have time, I'll do it. And I go, what a goat. Yeah, man, he is a legend, man. I And plus, you know, he, he's always great because he's there. He covers the team. He's around the team. So we're good, man. Rage, I love him too. I really do. Help the Cowboys. That guy should – hey, anybody who says help the Cowboys, okay, you should be put in a penalty box for like a couple hours. Hey, Dan, would Ezekiel Elliott be good on the Eagles? Maybe. He needs an O-line. His O-line is also an issue. His O-line has deteriorated the last three years. There's no there, there's no getting around that. The Cowboys are not the same team they were three years ago or even the first year that Dak got the starting job. Merrill got sideswiped by Jordan Dean. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Jordan Davis. I got I got to take a time out here now. But let me tell you this, guy. We're going to reset everything here on what we've been talking about here, okay? We're going to reset here. And if you've noticed, it's almost been Jalen free. Jalen hurts free. Okay. Jonathan Gannon gets in front of the media today and blames the players. I'll explain. Hour three, keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. 
But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. We're hoping to catch up with our friend Merrill Reese. He's in massive traffic right now. So if he's able to join us, it will be in this hour here. If not, hopefully we can get him tomorrow. Seth Joyner is supposed to join us tomorrow as well. So we got you covered here too. Also, we're working on Boomer Esiason for Thursday. So we got you covered here as we get ready for it. Boy, I think Thursday Night Football is going to be pretty good too. And obviously, the Eagles get an extra day because of the Monday night game. Also, I think it's an 8.30 game, if I'm not mistaken, on ABC. So they're on the national network. They're not on ESPN. I don't know why they're doing that. There's two games. Whatever there, too. So, yeah. So we look forward to that there as well. And thank you, guys. Please hit the like button. You guys have been fantastic today. Um, I want to say this here about Jonathan Gannon and his excuses that he makes for his incompetence. I, 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 it, it's young guy talk. This whole coaching staff, okay? I mean, now look, they do have an off-ramp. It's Howie Roseman, how he runs the team. Okay, Howie is really in charge of everything. Game day operation, the hiring of the coordinators, the hiring of the coaches, the hiring of the head coach, personnel, everything. Doesn't it look like that or feel like that? There's just not a moxie to like leadership in there to me. I don't know. I, mean, I, I probably shouldn't say that because Jason Kelsey's in the building and I should be cognizant of that and fair to this. But it's just, it's just, I don't know, man. He doesn't. He doesn't exude confidence in me when I hear the things that, well, conditioning wasn't an issue for the Lions. Really? You thought you were in shape for that game? Mentally and physically? Think about that. That coordinator thought that at his press conference today. Or they're telling you things that aren't true, which they do a lot. Jalen got better at his progressions. No, he didn't. The team was in shape. No, they weren't. 
We're going to use Hassan Redick in multiple ways. No, you didn't. We got a new improved defense. Not really. Looked like the same unit of a year ago. How about this? You want? Hey, would we not agree with this? Would we not agree with this? Offense looked better. Not playing their best game than what the defense did. Not playing their best game. I mean, we all look at the offense on the Eagles and go, Jalen can be a better read guy. Miles played great. Pass protection could be better. They did put up 38 points. On the road, game one. I mean, you can nitpick like I do and hammer some things, but at the end of the day, they don't win that game unless that offense plays that way and Jalen Jalen gets out there on them jailbreaks. The defense, on the other hand, they didn't help that team out at all in any way outside of three sequences where they had a couple three and outs in a row. Other than that, eh. Okay? Not really. Nick highly recommended all these coaches. If it fails, he fails. Hey, Griffin, let me show you how that works. Griffin said that he recommended. You mean like when he had to go and ask permission to get Zach Pascal from the Colts? He had to go ask the GM to go make a deal for him. This is how you set the deck and rig the game. You put about 35 coaches on the list and you tell Jonathan Gannon, who do you recommend? They've already vetted him. You think you're going to let a first-year head football coach who has no experience in hiring, God, who does he even know? Who in their right mind would go to a college and say this, hey, you're my new CEO. Who are you going to be your new department heads? You think Apple or Google or Amazon's going to do that? This is a major corporation, the Eagles. You're not going to go to a guy who's wet behind the ears and go, what guy do you like? You're going to rig the game. You're going to do this. There's about 50 names on here that the Eagle front office has already vetted. And here's Howie in a slick way. What do you recommend? That's how you recommend people. You don't think that Jonathan Gannon in any way brought guys in without the owner and the GM vetting these guys. Ask Doug Doug Peterson how that works. Griffin goes, you think Howie chose all these guys? No, I think Howie, what I just said, gave him a choice of about 50 guys. And it's a slick way of Sirianni picking his picking his guys. There's no veterans in the coaching staff. There's no veterans. Zero veterans. Zero. Special teams. Linebacker. DC. OC. And Stoutland's a carryover from Doug. Gee, if Sirianni had total say, 
Well, he kept some coaches from the old coaching staff. Okay. Well, that clearly wasn't a Sirianni hire. Doesn't it, that right there? By the way, I'm not saying Jeff shouldn't be there. He's the best in the business. I'm saying how he picked him, and he's the best guy at his job. Whether Nick liked him or not wasn't a factor. He was going to be the O-line coach if Nick liked it or not. That's front office hirings. Good coaches get fired all the time. Mike Munchak got fired once and was replaced. Mike Munchak's one of the best O-line coaches in the game. New coach wanted to bring his guy in. GM said, okay, dumb move. Munchak's one of the better O-line coaches. Same way Russ Grimm is. Hey, so let me ask you this. You know Vic Fangio that's you know kind of like rolling around the coaching staff in the building? You think Sirianni has a guy who was just fired in Denver as the head coach rolling around when people are having problems with the way the defense is producing and performing? Gee, who did that, you think? Sirianni or Howie? Who did that, you think? Yeah, if you're loyal to your guy, you don't have anything like that going on. Oh, that's right, he's a consultant. Well, who hired that guy? General manager hired his ass. What's Vic Fangio? So, hey, you're totally confident. What's this, man? I love Jonathan Cannon. He's really a smart guy, really great. Why is Vic Fangio around here? What's he doing? Is he looking for a dead carcass anywhere? Again, it hasn't been, he hasn't been uh, eaten yet. So, no, you know, he's just hanging out. What's he doing? Eating sandwiches in the lunchroom? He's waiting in the wings if this thing falls apart. The guy makes all the moves. As I say again here, look, I want to make sure we underscore this on Fletcher. Fletcher Cox has been a great, 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 great football player for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been a fabulous football player. Everything comes to an end. Okay. And and here's the problem. Hey man, if if Fletcher Cox is making three million dollars, I'm probably not having this conversation with you. But at 14-4, 14-4, do you think in the last year in a game, last 18 games, look at this. Let me ask you this. Last 18 ball game. No, 19 games if you want to count the playoff game. In the last 19 ball games. Do you think Fletcher Cox is a 14 point? Hey, do you think he's a 14.4 million dollar player? You think he's one of the elite guys in the game in the last 18 ball games for the Eagles? Fletcher's worth six to nine. Kind of rich for my blood, but I might be. I'm, I'm, I might be okay with that. Five to seven, I'd probably be more in that range, Griffin. That's legacy money? What's that? What do you think? This is the NBA? You pass, out, you pass out paychecks like you did to Kobe? Gave Kobe $48 million at the end and the team sucked? Like you're doing with LeBron? The Lakers are notorious for that. God rest Kobe's soul. Kobe Bryant wasn't a $48 million over two years at the end of the day. 
it was the worst record in the history of the Lakers the last two years in Los Angeles since they moved from Minneapolis. But what they did was they gave them legacy money. They didn't care about winning. It was fun watching that last game, though. 60 points, though. I won't lie, man. <laughs> I won't lie. That was awesome watching him. Not paying Fletcher Cox. Dude, and then the other guy's making 12-7. You got Hardgrave at 12 What is that number? 14-4, 12-7. Man, you got 37.1 million bucks. You got, wait a minute here. Yeah, you got $28 million lined up and two dudes. Shit. That's the rich position on the team, I guess. And you got a first rounder behind them. And they got crushed. 27-1. You got 27-1 and two dudes who underperformed. Feel good or bad about that. And like I said, what's going to happen here is Fletcher's going to give you this. He's going to give you five shitty games in a, in a flash game, and you're going to go, Sills, did you see him, man? He had five five tackles and two sacks. Then he goes silent again for another five. That's not 14-4. By the way, I'm not looking at Fletcher's game against the Lions. I'm looking at Fletcher's 18 games. Guy's done nothing. It's not one game. It's 18. And it's also not one game with Gannon. It's 18, 19 games. I mean, I'm looking at how they've handled themselves. Boy, I'll tell you what, the 19th game and the 8th game and the 4th game, they all look the same to me. No? Mr. International, let's end this stream on a strong note then. Okay. What would I work on then this week? I think that's fair, Mr. International, because I'll tell you why. You got to have short-term memory loss with this. You got to kind of put shit like this behind you a little bit, especially when you don't have a very good effort on one side of the ball and you have a limp-ass effort coming out of a game that you get to win for. Thank God. And thank goodness for it. And one of the shining things out of that game was Jalen. I'm critical of Jalen yesterday because of the inability to be able to be a pass reading quarterback in the league. However, his escapability was the reason they win that game. And I've been saying that for two days now. So at the end of the day, something has to change. What is that? Can you beat the Minnesota Vikings with how they played against Detroit? No, you can't. How do you stop a high-powered offense? You keep them on the sidelines. If you're not comfortable with how your defensive coordinator is handling himself on that side of the ball, well, there's only one other way to stop it. 
you know, there was a year that Tom Brady won the Super Bowl with the 28th ranked defense. And you know how they did it? Two tight end sets when they had Hernandez and Gronk. Intermediate passing game. And they kept that defense on the sideline. And what they also did was they made sure they were stout in their special teams, Vinatieri. Why do you think early on Brady had two type of careers? It was a special team Super Bowl career early on. How many field goals did Vinatieri win for that Patriots team? Because the majority of the time they kept that defense at bay on the sidelines because Brady would have these 12, 13 play drives and they kept their D on the sidelines, putting him in great position on field position because of a great punter and great special teams and a great kicking game. They And they had to go. But Brady wasn't the GOAT yet. Brady, Brady won games kicking field goals because he knows the value of special teams. A lot of players don't, including the guy in Washington. He don't get it. Special teams is part of the team. Okay? That was the difference between Vermeil and Mike Martz. Mike Martz didn't know how to use timeouts and didn't utilize special teams. That's why there was a fundamental flaw and difference in play calling and how they ran the team between Vermeil and, and Mike Martz. Mike Martz took a team to the Super Bowl, got beat. Why? Time management, didn't know how to use his timeouts, and really didn't give a shit about his special teams. Vermeil cared about all that. So to me, when you're playing a team like Minnesota, high-powered, plus 25 plays, got a really effective back too. Cook can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's very effective. Okay? VJ says, Hurts through for 245. That's progress, Sills. Hard to gauge him in that game. Because he was escaping with his life. I mean, in my opinion, VJ, he didn't hurt them passing the ball. He hurt them when he was gouging them on third and long on the run. He broke them down, man. They had no answer for him. I mean, it must have. How many times did they, we see third and 12, third and nine, third and eight, and him getting. And by the way, I'm going to back up on something on that 56% completion percentage that he had. So some of you are probably going to go like this. Wow. I'm going to back up on it because you know what I did watch? I went back and watched that game again. And I got to tell you, how many times did you see Jalen running the ball and instead of taking the loss, he threw the ball out of bounds? That's a smart play. That's a smart play. I can't fault him for that. I, I, what, how many times did we see him do that? Six? I think I counted five or six times he did that. You know, I have to be fair, okay? I have to be fair to that. So that 56% completion percentage is really not a true number of what he did when it came to protecting and not having turnovers and not having minus yardage plays. Something Wentz will never learn in his life. Jalen did that. And if you go back and watch him do that, not a lot of people gave him credit for that. To me, that's smart football. So guess what he did at the end of the day? Watch this. At the end of the day, guess what he did? He put team ahead of himself with numbers. 
And when I watched that game again last night, I had to come correct with you and tell you guys that today. That to me, that's putting yourself ahead of statistics, which a lot of players today don't do. He has to get credit for that. He has to. Okay? He has to. And he must have did that five or six times. He was taking care of field position and the ball. So shitting on him for 56% completion percentage is not fair. Would I like to see him have, and will I still stick to the point that he needs to spread that ball out more? Absolutely. I still think he's a one-read guy. But it's hard to say that when he was running for his life because his own line couldn't pass protect. Okay? So, I have to be fair. Jalen threw about five or six footballs away instead of taking the minus yardage, and he put himself ahead of the team. Or he put the team ahead of himself. How many quarterbacks won't do that? ton of them. Some of the elite guys don't do that. Just throw it away. You know, he was behind the sticks a few times, and instead of taking the minus plays, he knew where he was on the field, just threw it in the stands or on the sidelines. Got to be fair. Got to be fair. You know, I told you that from day one. I will be fair. Okay? VJ goes, I agree. He needs to distribute more. But look at JJ and Thielen. I, I, I saw the stats, too. They, they weren't spreading it around super. But again, too, VJ, when you have a guy like uh, Dallas Goddard, who has 60 yards on three catches, continue to pump that ball to him, man. Now, look, again, pressure was hot. There was a lot of hot pressure on him. So if you really go back and watch Jalen's effort in that game, he did everything he needed to do to win the game. There was nowhere in that football game where he cost his team anything. Played it smart. Found the brand new toy. Um, I didn't like at the expense of Devontae, but that had a lot to do with the O-line. And the completion percentage, like I've been saying here, is a little misleading. I'm not going to get into my prediction yet on the Vikings. I want to save that for the end of the week and as we get into Monday. Brian, I got to be fair. Because I saw, I went back and watched Lamar's game. See, you guys, I, on NFL, I don't know, I don't even know if Xander knows this, but NFL Communications, I've got like a pass to it. And NFL Communications has all the games. And because I'm an NFL former player and all this and that, I can go when I can watch them. And I put my code in and I can pull a game up and I can actually get situations inside the game and they'll send me clips, and I get to watch the games over and over again. And so I watched both the Ravens and Jets, and then I turned around and I made sure I watched the Lions and Eagles again. I had a different take on the game. That's why today it's been more stronger on the defense. Okay? Okay? More on the defense today especially when I hear somebody talking shit on the players today like Gannon. Very little respect for that. Eagles run game can beat the Vikings. I believe they can. With play action, here, here's the run game 
can't be just Jalen, though. You've got to continue to be able to run the football, in my opinion. Miles has to continue his trends and where he's going. He's got to. That says Lamar's a great talent, but I still wouldn't want him. You know, he was 56% too. He had some beautiful dime throws though. Okay. Dan, over under with Rager with a TD. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go under on that one, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, Dan, if the Eagles asked you to coach their defense, would you? Yeah, but I'd be fired in a week because of the way I talk. Because I'd have real conversations with people. You know, my first conversation would be, you want to hear what my – if I was the defensive coordinator, I would line my list of guys up and say this. I would talk to my veteran guys first. Guys, we need more from you. We need more out of you. And I mean we need more out of you in every way. Not when your time clock's up. We need more. I expect more. Best players are going to play. I don't care what your salary is. And this is where I would run into a problem with Howie. I don't give a shit what your salary is. It means nothing to me. Production's going to play. Remember those two words. Production plays. Production plays. Promises don't. I'm not promising you anything. And I would talk to everybody. And I would look at Fletcher Cox and I would look at Hardgrave and go, we need, of all the players on my defense, you two guys, I need the most out of you two. You need to be leaders. You need to be leaders by production too. You need to be the last guy in, the last guy out. You need to let the young guys and everybody in the building see that it matters to you and that you're invested in it. A bunch of time clocks. Then I would talk to other guys and we would have those kind of conversations. So, yeah, man, I look, it's a game you win. Now you have to have short-term memory loss. And what you have to do is you have to move on and you have to get yourself ready. And you've got an extra day to get yourself ready for Minnesota. So there's no question that if you're sitting in the building over there, you got out of there, you won the ball game. And once more time, I want to say this again. I believe Jalen Hurts is not on the field. They don't win that ball game. He did every single thing possible to make that thing happen. And if Jalen didn't play the way he did, and by the way, the 56 completion percentage, in my opinion, I think it's misleading because he threw the football away a lot. Let's go to our friend who's getting himself ready, and he is so kind to find time. I know he's been in traffic, so we'll try to keep this short here. Merrill, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you doing this. Oh, I'm happy to do it, Dan. It's just been a crazy day, but I'll always be on with you whenever you ask. Thank you so much. Your thoughts on the game, Merrill? Well, Jalen Hurts saved it with his legs at first, and then he threw a gorgeous 54-yard pass in the second quarter to uh, A.J. Brown, who is an elite, an elite receiver. But they pulled it out. I mean, they, they had trouble in the second half, and Detroit Detroit's a better team than a lot of people think. They came storming back, but uh, the Eagles had it when they needed it at the end. Miles Sanders... Gave them a big 24-yard run when they most needed it. So they 
they escaped. But you know what? We're going to see a lot of that early in September when teams are making up for lost time during the preseason. Jalen Hurts' um, effort in the game you thought was what? Oh, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent. I don't want to see him run as much as he did, but it wasn't by design and it wasn't by choice. He either ran or, or got sacked, really. And I think they, I think the offensive line is a good offensive line, but they did not do a very good job picking up the blitz. I would say this too, Merrill. Merrill, do you, do you, did it show in your opinion when you were watching the game that maybe the lack of reps when it came to exhibition football and the lack of the new faces on defense is one of the things that they still need to work out because, again, it just looked like a team that hadn't played together, and especially on the defensive side. Is that a fair assessment? I, I think it's fair, and I think it's fair for a bunch of teams in the National Football League that now subscribe to the number one goal to come out of training camp as healthy as possible. And they did come out pretty healthy, but that didn't, didn't do them much good in day one because they've already lost Derek Barnett for the season. So those things are going to happen anyhow, but, uh, but more and more teams are light during the preseason, and maybe it will pay off in the latter part of the season. They'll be fresher and they'll stay healthier as they did last year. You know, Merrill, the guy that I was most impressed with outside of AJ, and I'll get to your thoughts on him in a minute, but boy, the way Miles Sanders ran the ball, 90 yards rushing, he looked like a different guy when it came to imposing his will. And it really was, I thought, um, a factor. And to me, if that's a beginning for his season this year, boy, I'll tell you what, that offense really will improve play action pass. The quarterback will improve. I was really impressed with Miles Sanders and how he played in that game. Well, Dan, he really has been impressive since he came to the Eagles in the second round out of Penn State. He's a very, very special back. The only problem with Miles Sanders has been durability because he has been hurt in almost every season. I think if Miles Sanders is able to give them 12, 13 games, that would be great. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. But in terms of talent, in terms of dedication, in terms of motivation, he's he's an A-plus in every category. He's a, he is a, a franchise back. When you watched the way A.J. Brown played, did you get a T.O. sense that that's what it was like when Terrell Owens was here? that you saw that kind of impact from that position? Absolutely. Uh, he's a, he's a T.O. talent without the, uh, without the sideshow. He's a very settled young guy. He's uh, not, uh, doesn't blow his own horn, but he, he is, he fits the definition of an elite receiver. Were you concerned about the pass protection on the team? Yes, I was. Uh, not about the talent on the offensive line, but in this particular game, I don't think they were ready for the blitzes that Detroit threw up in mass. They, they were throwing one more man than the Eagles had ready to protect, and it, it put them in a tough situation, yes. couple last questions for you, Merrill. The Minnesota Vikings are on Monday night. This is going to be quite a test because they pounded the Packers. Is this going to be more of a, of a benchmark game on the schedule? We're really going to get a sense on who the Philadelphia Eagles' identity is and if they have improved in the passing game and not so much a one-dimensional team. Would that be fair that the Vikings are really going to be a test early on in the season for them? Well, where they're a test, I'm reluctant to use the word benchmark. I don't use that word uh, or a combination of words for the first four games of the season. 
I think September is a is a feeling out process. You get to October and uh, you have a pretty good idea, but it's certainly a bigger test than the Lions, and the Lions tested them quite enough. Final question for you, Merrill. Are you concerned that N'Kobe Dean's not being used more and he only had three reps in the game? I mean, it also could be said there's more talent on the team this year than there was a year ago, so that that could be a good thing in a sense. But if we're talking about a steal of the draft, we're talking about a potential impact player, to get three reps against the Lions, you would have thought that you would have wanted to see him play a little bit more to get him ready for a team like Minnesota. Were you concerned about it? No, I'm not concerned about it. I know how much Jonathan Gannon likes him and values him. So he he just prefers to bring him on a little bit more slowly. He doesn't want to throw him out there too much at a time. But if he had three uh, three plays in this past week's game, he'll probably have nine coming up. Merrill, thank you for taking time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, my friend. See you, Dan. Have a good night. You got it. That is the great Merrill Reese. And we appreciate him finding time for us there. All right, hit the like button. We'll kind of comment on him. I really love what um, Mail said. Thank you very much. And again, look, guys, sometimes the way I talk to you guys and how I talk may come off a little harsh, but I will always be fair with players. I will be as fair as I can. Even I am not one of these kind of hosts that does this. I have to be right. I despise people like that. Okay, people are wrong in life. It's not waffling. It's not flip-flopping. You can be wrong. A player's performance can also go for you to go up and down. Okay? Players' performances make you go up and down in your takes. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life... 
count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. 85. Does this sound like I was born in the South or in the West? Where do you think I was born in? Like, um, I think Paul said it. I was born in Connecticut in Stanford. And I was born down in the Cove where all the Italians are down there on the West Side. And I used to go down to Wildwood. And I used to listen to Tony Bruno and Angelo when they were on WIP. And I used to listen to that when I would go to like nickel beer night in Wildwood. Had a fun time during the summertime, man. It was great. I grew up on IP, man, and and FAN. It was sports talk. I was fortunate enough that Robustelli and Valentine are my cousins and my uncles and such. And yeah, you know, I grew up in a sports neighborhood. By the way, Gary Cobb was raised in the same city as me. That's how I've known Gary Cobb. Since I was 10 years old. Imagine that. I used to go to Gary Cobb games when he was at Stanford High. And when I was a young kid and I was at Catholic High, I went to Catholic High School, one of the legendary Catholic high schools in the uh, state of Connecticut. And in, I had played with three pros on my team at one time. We had three guys. We had like 34 players on our team. And in my time frame, we won a state championship and an FCAC title and Three guys went on to play in the pros. <laughs> it was crazy. I played against Steve Young in high school. Steve Young and Mike Young. They both went to BYU, and I played them when they were at Greenwich High School. Yeah, man. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Saltwater taffy down on the shore. Dude, there's nothing like going over the bridge. Better have five bucks. Now it's five bucks out here. If you don't have five bucks, man. You're in deep shit when you don't have five bucks on you and you go over the bridge. But when you go over the bridge, man, it used to be like a great place down there where you could go get the blue shell crabs. God, there's no place on the planet like the Jersey Shore and going down to Wildwood down there and getting those um, those blue shell crabs. Dude, man, spectacular. Spectacular. Old Bay sauce, you're ready to rock, ain't you? Greenwich, big money, man. Hey, Greenwich is big money. Greenwich, New Canaan, Darien. My folks are these Italian guys, man. They didn't, you know, it was a fun time, man. Jersey Shore is great. One of my favorite places, man. 
I've been up. I've been up to Cape Cod too, but I love Jersey Shore. And then if you're up near New York a little bit, you can go to Jones Beach and such. Yeah, I'm from the Northeast, man. That's why we get along. You understand this. Okay? Silio. And that's why, by the way, I see some of you guys going, shit, Sills. You are fair. Dude, one thing about, hey, I'll tell you guys a quick story about my wife when I first took her. She's from Dallas. Okay? She's from Dallas, Texas. And so I take my wife up to uh, Connecticut for like the first time to meet my folks. And you remember those finest, I don't know if you guys had them in your neck of the woods, but these grocery stores, my, 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 my wife walks in and she goes around those. Remember those old A&Ps? Remember those old A&Ps, man, right? I don't know if they still have the A&Ps. Anyway, so my, my wife, my girlfriend then, she's rolling around and she's like, damn, does everybody up here in the Northeast hate their life? I looked over at her and I went, it's 20 below, it's snowing, you got to put boots on. You spend 35 minutes putting your clothing on. She's doing this. Okay, and you're talking to me about whether or not people like their life or not. Then I got to go out and scrape my gosh dang window off. And I got to sit there in my car and eat my car up for, it takes us a whole hour and a half practice. My wife's going, why are you upset? I go, because it's nauseating. <laughs> it's freaking nauseating. It takes me 30 minutes to get my clothes on, shovel my driveway another 20, then I got to scrape that stupid windshield off. Then I got to heat my gosh dang car up. Then I got to sit there and I'm ready to roll. And hopefully my car doesn't get stuck in the snow on the way out of town. Hey. She's like, okay, okay. Hey, <laughs> I like summertime. It's okay. It's all right. You know, the humidity kind of gets to me, but I'm good. I go down to the shore and we're ready to roll. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. Hey, so you know, though. So how I met my wife, I be, we've been together 33 years. So you know. Big Sills is loyal, man. I'm a loyal dude. 33 years. I told you this before. You had a birthday on the 8th. Never met anybody I hated more in my life, but I loved more in my life than this chick. Whew. Had a kid with her and that whole nine yards, man. Okay? She's a handful, man. I never in my life, though, man, met anybody like it, man. Absolutely. So I meet her, man. Smoke show. Big Sills marries the prom queen. You know this. Married a prom queen. Smoking, I could bounce quarters off her ass and off her stomach. Unbelievable. So she, I walk in. I'm with the Cowboys at the time, right? How you doing, hon? Dan Salil, Dallas Cowboys, number 93. You guys were 4-12 and 12 last year. You guys sucked. I looked over at my boy and I go like this, Kevin Gogan and Baldy. I go like this. I go, I'm marrying that chick, man. I like this chick. Something about her, man. Because you guys suck. And she she doesn't like Jimmy Johnson. She's a Tom Landry girl. Oh, you shit all over Tom Landry. <laughs> you and that guy, Jerry Jones. She hates the she hates the Cowboys now. She hates them. And she loved the old Cowboys, but she hates the Cowboys now. I mean, because they took a shit on Tom Landry. When Jimmy called me the day he got the job, hey, I'm still in town. My girlfriend then, Kim, now wife, 
Oh, are you going to tell Coach Landry? I, I can't. I can't. Oh, I see. Coach Landry hired you, though, first. It wasn't Jimmy. Yeah, see, I don't really say that often. But Coach Landry signed me. He signed me the year before, and I was on the Cowboys the final four games of the regular season in the last year of Landry's season. So I had that year credited for me. Then I was on the whole year in the offseason with Jimmy. Yeah. Oof. Oh, took a shit all over Tom Landry. Let me tell you a quick Landry. Can I tell you guys a quick Landry story? How he was fired? I think I told some of you this. Let me tell you how Landry was fired. So the night before, Jimmy and Jerry were at a Mexican restaurant in Dallas. And Gil Brandt signed me. Um, Jimmy calls me and goes, hey, I'm in town. Wait till you hear tomorrow. All of a sudden, we get a call from Gil and from Tex, Tex Ram. And all of us are to meet at the Dallas Cowboys facility at nine o'clock in the morning. And I was like, oh my God, I know. Crawford Kerr, Michael Irvin, Mike knew. So did I. We really couldn't say anything. So we walk in there. Tom Rafferty's still there. Randy White's still there. Ed Jones. All these legendary cowboy guys. I'm sitting in the room, cowboy room. Here comes Coach Landry. He's in tears. And you heard everyone under their breath go, oh, my God. They fired the guy. I sat there. You couldn't hear a pin drop. I was like. And he goes, it's been a great ride. It's been a great ride. He's in tears sobbing. Some of those guys in the building had been with him for 15, 16 years, like Rafferty. Danny White, I'm sitting in this building going, oh, my God. This must have been like when, when Lombardi came in and told his Packer players he was leaving and retiring. He didn't take that Washington job right away. And he, he walked out of the room, and we all looked at each other. They looked at me, and I said, hey, I mean – I said, and sure enough, man, later that day, we we're all assembled again and Jerry and Jimmy walked in and there we were. He was named the new head football coach at the Dallas Cowboys. I got home that day, man. Kim went and talked to me for a day. No way, man. You mother, you, you guys fired Tom Landry like that. You guys took a shit all over him. I wish nothing but fail. Oh my God, man. Jimmy took it, and, and he went 1-15 that year. Didn't make it any better. The, the only reason that it kind of was decent at the end because they beat the Redskins that year and stopped the Redskins from going to the playoffs that season. I'm in the room when Landry gets fired. Him and Tex Ram got fired together. I think Gil late stayed on until after the draft. Then Gil got blown out after that, and a guy named Bob Ackles came in. And that was Jimmy's right-hand man. Yeah, man. 
I'd never been in a room in my life like that. And I said, you'll never forget this moment when Tom Landry was fired and he walked, dude, this stoic dude that you see on the sidelines for all those years was sobbing and couldn't catch his breath. And it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Tom Landry's a good man. He was a good man. He's a good man. Shit. No one cared, man. Jerry's like, he's freaking out. I was like, hey. Oh. Hey, Daz, that Jimmy Johnson deal? Are you ready for this? You know all those guys he, he traded for? Remember they used to have a deal back in the day. If you didn't get the player and the player didn't pan out, they gave you a draft choice for him. The guy would be a third or a fifth or a second or whatever. Every one of those guys in that Herschel Walker deal, Jimmy Johnson went like this. You'll never play it down for the Dallas Cowboys. Do you know not one of those guys ever played it down for the Cowboys? Jimmy wanted the draft choices. He didn't want the players. He, he, he didn't want the players. He wanted all – hey, do you know the Browns were also in the conversation at that time that if if the Vikings didn't make the deal, Herschel was going to Cleveland. The, he had two teams on the table. But Minnesota offered up a couple more draft choices, I think it was. Jimmy went with that. Yeah, it was either going to be Cleveland or Minnesota for the Herschel Walker deal. Dan, in your opinion, what was the best team you ever played for? You know, I'll tell you what. I had a cup of coffee in Detroit. Do you guys remember? What was the year the Lions went to the NFC Championship game and got beat by Washington? I think it was the year Rippon. Um, I think it was the year Mark Rippon took the, Vic- or took the um, Washington team to the Super Bowl. Do you guys remember that year? Because the, the, the Lions made the NFC Championship game that year, and I was on that team for a spell. Not the whole year, but I was on that team for a spell. And that team was pretty good, man. They had a bunch of good football players. Their old line was good, plus Barry was on the team. So I would say, I, I, I would probably say that Lions team. I forget what year. No, it was 90s. It was in the early 90s, like 93 like 93 or 90, somewhere in there, like 93, 92, something like that. That Lions team with, um, that Lions team was pretty good. They had a bunch of good football players. Kevin uh, Glover was the center. That was pretty good. Dan, in your opinion, what is the Eagles' weakest spot? Your defensive coordinator. I don't think it's a player issue. I think it's a fundamental issue. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't think Scott Mitchell was the quarterback. I think the kid who went to Chicago, who's that guy's name, man? He ended up passing away. He ended up passing away. Eric Kramer, I think it was. You were right on Reddick, though. We might have overrated the guy. That's what Xander says. You know what, though, man? I don't. I never said Reddick's bad. I said they're not using him right. Two teams didn't figure it out. Gannon hasn't figured it out. 
That guy's got to be in third down packages and third and long, third to medium. You can't have him starting ball games. He's got to stand next to a D-line guy who's on the field where the coordinator's up in the booth, and you got to put him in, and you've got to substitute him constantly. And you got to redo his contract because he's not going to get starts. You're starting that guy, and he's not a starter. Do you know that that's what Carolina and Arizona figured out? He's not a starter. But he's going to get you 10 sacks. 6'1", 235. You figure it out. There's fullbacks and running backs in the sport bigger than that guy now. 91? Okay. Overrated Reddick. Gannon had him lined up at the mic for some plays. He's totally being misused. I think he is too. I personally, I don't think, I don't think he's a bad player. I just think that he's not, he, 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 you can't figure, you have to know. Xander says he's a one trick pony. Well, I've been saying that since they signed him. He's a pass rushing. There's a reason his college coach passed on him. He's not an every down guy. And get this, two dudes that your GM overpaid for, Reddick and Fletcher. You got about $20 million lined up and two dudes that, that's a lot of money, man. And by the way, you're into Reddick too. That's right, man. He's not very good in the run game. He can't cover. Did you watch him trying to cover and in the run game? They ran him over. He's a situational edge rusher. I've been saying that since they brought him in. Didn't you guys? Hey, guys. You guys got to use the same philosophy that you use when it comes to Carson Wentz. Don't you think it's weird that a guy's been on three teams in three years? There's a reason for that. Who who dumps edge rushers? You don't dump corners, left tackles, and pass rushers. Corners, two, and receivers that are productive. You don't dump those guys. Okay? Look at Yale. There's the thing there that keeps him in the room. He's got 23 sacks in two years. And can't keep a job. Okay? We tried to believe in Reddick. Dude, it's it's not not to believe in Reddick. Reddick's okay. The coordinator needs to figure this piece out. Dude, are you trying to tell me you don't think Jim Johnson... And Buddy Ryan would come up with a position for him. I was listening to Sports Take and I heard I heard Corey Simon go, hey, they just came up and made a defense for Hugh Douglas. Now Hugh Douglas has got his name up in the rafters. That's a coordinator. That's a true D coordinator. Shit, man, this guy does one thing good. Dude, Hugh Douglas wasn't playing the run. That's Barrett. You see him in practice getting blown off the ball. He didn't, he didn't want to do any of that. 
He just wanted to get up the field and get the guys. And he was great at it. Jim Johnson saw that and went, okay, well, I'm going to utilize that. That's what a good coordinator does, man. He doesn't try to jam that square peg in a round hole. He doesn't do that. This guy's trying to do that. Put these pieces. By the way, I can't believe CJ played as well as he did with nine days of practice and learning the system. So no, don't let anybody get on Gardner, man, because I thought he played well, man. Nine days on the job? Shit, there's guys that have been there a year and a half, and they still haven't figured it out yet. I thought I thought the whole second, actually, Mr. International, I thought the secondary, I thought the secondary played well. I did. I thought the secondary played well. I didn't have a problem with the secondary. I had a problem. Kaiser White played well. Okay? He played well. Front four did not. The front four did not. Safety's played really well. You guys have been absolutely awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much to my friend, Maurice, for coming aboard with us. Xander, you were spectacular as always. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming aboard with us as you do each and every single day. Please hit the like button. Until tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern time, we shall see you on the flip side. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.